Born for This by Chris Guillebeau. One sentence summary. Born for This shows you how to find the work you are meant to do, which actually might consist of many different forms of work over the course of your life. By showing you the power of a side hustle, proper risk assessment, creating your own job and pursuing all of your passions one at a time. My favorite quote from the author is, select the job title you want, don't choose from existing ones. Chris Guillebeau. Chris Guillebeau's life must feel like one big birthday party for a 12-year-old. There is a bouncy castle, a huge buffet, lots of cake, a water slide, a magic show, and of course a ton of party games to choose from. You might switch from one station to the next, but it'd never get boring. All of Chris's books and projects seem to me like they're one of these birthday games. Chris just has a ton of fun which he spills all over these things so it ends up right with you and me, the reader. This time, he shows us how he managed to turn this big birthday party of his into something that pays the bills. If the happiness of pursuit shows you how to spend your life, born for this shows you how to pay for it. Here are three lessons to help you find the work you're meant to do. 1. Come up with if-then sketches to deal with risks and feel more confident. 2. Kickstart your side hustle with a 100 people project. 3. Your life is not a math problem. Be okay with switching passions. Don't know what you were born for yet? No sweat? We'll find out together. Born for this, lesson 1. Create a set of if-then sketches as fallback plans so you'll sweat risks less and feel more confident. This answers the question, how can we assess risk better when starting new ventures? A popular technique in books that encourage you to start your own business is visualizing your worst-case scenario. Imagining your world when everything that could possibly go wrong would often makes you realize that it wouldn't be so bad and that you'd likely be able to recover. This feels reassuring and makes it easier to take the next step. In Born for This, Chris takes it a step further by suggesting that you make so-called if-then sketches. These are specific backup plans for what exact action you'll take if you run into a problem. For example, your first step might be to send a pitch for your social media managing service to 50 prospects. You could then make a sketch that says, if I don't hear back from someone within 5 days, I'll send them a follow-up containing a coupon. What's more, you can keep playing this game for a while, for example with a second and third follow-up. This will make you feel very safe and confident about moving ahead. And even if things don't work out right away, you always know exactly what to do next. Born for this, lesson two. Get your side hustle off the ground fast with a 100 people project. This answers the question, what is a quick way to start a side hustle? Some of the tips Chris gives in his book about finding the right work for yourself include making a list of all the skills you're good at and not just the ones you learned about in college, the things you hate doing and paying attention to what other people ask you for help with. It'll take some time to figure out what kind of business you want to start, but once you do, this is how you can get it off the ground fast. Chris calls this your 100 people project. Let's say you've decided to offer customized meal plans to help people gain muscle because your friends keep asking you for fitness advice. Now you can assemble a list of 100 people from your contacts, social media networks and other sources where potential customers hang around. If all you do is send a short message to everyone on the list offering a free 15 minute Skype consultation, this will greatly improve your marketing skills show you how you can be most helpful, start building your customer base and maybe even get your first paying client. Pretty neat, huh?
important for this lesson three. Learn to be okay with the seasons of life. Your life isn't a straight line, after all. This answers the question, do I have just one passion in my life and do I really need to figure that one out? Do you know what's depressing? Having to pick just one option out of a myriad of choices. Do you know what's even worse? Having to live with that choice for the rest of your life. That's why you'd never do it when buying pants, a car, renting a house or even deciding on a partner. I'm guessing you don't just straight propose to someone you barely know. Unless your name is Ted Mosby, maybe. But when it comes to picking a career, we're still attached to the idea that we have to settle for one thing. But if Gene Wolfe had done that, he'd probably still be working on new kinds of chips to create, long after it's been clear that the world will remember him for his greatest gift. Pringles. Luckily, Gene didn't fall for it. He didn't want to be the Pringles guy. He refused. He liked writing. So, for the past 60 years, he's written a page a day. He's published over 50 novels with plenty of different themes, many of which have won awards and become bestsellers. As Chris says, you never signed a contract agreeing to only do one thing for the rest of your life, so don't act as if you did. Life is seasonal, and it's perfectly okay for your career to reflect that. You might grow potatoes in the summer, maybe to make Pringles, and record jazz music in the winter. There's enough time to devote yourself to all of your passions throughout your life, just not to all of them at once. Here's what I learned from Born For This by Chris Guillebeau. That dude is awesome. <laughs> uh, what else to say? I mean, t really, great books, practical tips, fun to read, um, not boring, comes up with good examples, uh, very entertaining. So, all around, really, really cool guy. Um I mean, the if-then sketches, I mean, that's pretty clear, right? You have a fallback plan. Uh, you have a fallback plan for uh, what you do when something goes wrong. And actually, what's important is not the specific measure you will take if that thing goes wrong. So let's say you send the message to 50 people and you don't hear back from... Uh, and when you And you don't hear back from more than five and then you follow up with everyone else and you don't hear back again and you don't hear back again, then maybe you the third time that happens and your go-to response is still to message them again you realize you know what actually the email was pretty shitty uh, and i might need to change the first email i sent and then you you do something different right to deal with the problem the idea of these if-then sketches is basically to take away the fear that you have from actually going through with it in the first place. So it's not important that you do the very specific thing you planned. It's important that you just have that thing in mind so you don't get paralyzed from the thought of ending up in that situation. Okay, so it's more about having a plan than actually using it. So you might, in the end, when your worst case scenario happens or something goes wrong, you might not actually conclude with the then part uh, and do that action you might do something else but the point is it's still helpful to have them okay so because just because it calms you down that's the whole point of it really the hundred people project i, I mean that's great uh, i remember i was trying to start a social media service once for instagram and i 
started making content for people without asking and emailing them that and starting a conversation and it it never really took off and I never even sent enough emails in the first place but that was similar to the whole 100 people thing uh, that's a great place by the way collect email email is the greatest medium you own the contact info uh, build an email list it's super valuable it's my go-to recommendation for all kinds of business all things business um, just a side note and lastly this is one of the bigger issues I'm having too, the whole the Pringles situation, right? So in a nutshell, Gene Wolfe invented Pringles. Everyone celebrated, Woo, God, oh my God, Pringles, yeah, the best thing. And he could go to every party and say, hey, um, and they're like, what do you do? And he's like, I invented Pringles. And they're like, oh my God, wow. But he realized, man, <laughs> that's pretty shitty, right? I don't want to be remembered just for Pringles. So he wrote a page a day, right? 60 years, 50 novels, that's pretty good. So the question I'm having is, and obviously there's no there's no answer to it, you don't have it, and I don't have it, and we both of neither of us will, is is that really is that right? Right? Like can't I mean I know I can spend time on all of my passions, technically. The question is how far will that get me with each one? So if I also and I mean, that's probably the problem of expecting success, right? And or going for fame. I probably I just just like shove out that part from my brain. So let's say I wanted to be because I really like um, electronic dance music, house music, like the kind Avicii makes, Kaigo makes. It's more pop music these days. But still, I like that. So I would love to learn that at one point, right? And make cool mashups and, and songs and so on. I, I have no clue, literally, like I play piano for three years. That's it. So the question is, if I want to be a successful DJ, right, I might never, I wouldn't expect to become the next Avicii, but have some kind of commercial success, then I probably have to do it for like five to 10 years, right? And we, and work really hard at it. But the question is, if I, if I sacrifice those five to 10 years, that would be, for example, five to 10 years that I'm taking off writing, or at least putting writing on, on slot number two in the priority list. And Right. So that's an important question. So I'm thinking about whether I'm the kind of project person. Um, Annette Eliason has a great post. It's called 38 more projects till you die, I think. Uh, and he thinks of his life in two to three year projects, I think. So if you think about it, uh, let's say you die at, I don't know, 80 and, you know, you're 40 years old, you have 40 years left. So you could do 40 projects over 40 years or you could do 10 projects that last four years or four projects that last 10 years. So you have to think of your life sort of as a whole and the time you have you know, on that big picture scale um, every couple of months at least. And for me right now, I'm trying to figure out like what kind of person am I? Because I love writing and I definitely could see myself doing that all my life. Of course, all kinds of different writing, right? Like fiction, nonfiction and like throw stuff on the wall, see what sticks and continue, continue and document my life writing. But I don't know, maybe I just need to be a DJ sometime. Maybe I need to start collecting cars or, or uh, refurbishing old cars and, and uh, sort of repairing them and stuff like that. I love cars. So there's so much stuff I want to do and I want to learn that I'm not sure that this whole one passion thing works out for me. But I'm at the, on the other hand, I'm also ambitious. So I'm not sure if spending time and dabbling in all these different things is going to cut it for me. I just know one thing. I wasn't born to sit in a cubicle and I work really, really hard to make sure I don't ever have to, right? I'm really trying hard to get out of school 
and be ready to work for myself and be able to continue, still have a good life, provide for a family, keep my standard of living, keep all that up, but still don't have to sit in a cubicle and have my time, 100% of my time for myself and start from there. So that's probably the first goal I would recommend you work towards if you're thinking along the same lines. Maybe you already have your one thing, maybe it really is one thing for you. Don't obsess about it, don't live by other people's rules. the moment you think you're born for something, just stick with it. You'll, you'll be just fine. All right, I'll talk to you on the next summary. See ya.